the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The U.S. officially announces Russian troops have committed war crimes. Russian forces are indeed committing war crimes in Ukraine. Senate confirmation hearings for Ketanji Brown Jackson enters day four. It goes to show that she's soft on crime. Madeleine Albright has died at the age of 84. Communism that extinguished people's ability to be free. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, March 24th. I'm Mike Scott. One month into Russia's invasion of Ukraine, fire rained down on a shopping mall and high-rise buildings in Kyiv. As the outnumbered Ukrainian military waged intense street-to-street battles to defend the capital and other key cities from falling under Russian control. Russian forces appeared stalled outside major cities in the face of fiercer-than-expected Ukrainian resistance. Meanwhile, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg announced that due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, NATO and U.S. forces in Europe are now under a high state of readiness. I expect leaders will agree to strengthen NATO's posture in all domains. With major increases to our forces in the eastern part of the alliance, on land, in the air, and at sea. The first step is the deployment of four new NATO battle groups in Bulgaria, Hungary, Romania, and Slovakia, along with our existing forces in the Baltic countries and Poland. This means that we will have eight multinational NATO battle groups all along the eastern flank, from the Baltic to the Black Sea. Stoltenberg describes the number of troops that are now on high alert status. There are now hundreds of thousands of Allied troops at heightened readiness across the lines. 100,000 U.S. troops in Europe and 40,000 forces under direct NATO command, mostly in the eastern part of the alliance. All backed by major air and naval power, including with five carrier strike groups in the high north and in the Mediterranean. Before Ukraine, President Volodymyr Zelensky meets with Russian President Vladimir Putin in hopes of forming an agreement Amid the Russia-Ukraine war, the U.S. announced formally that Russia has committed war crimes against the Ukrainian people. The assessment has now concluded with a a careful review of currently available information, both public and from intelligence sources. 
This review underpins the assessment that the Secretary announced today, that Russian forces are indeed committing war crimes in Ukraine. Here in the U.S., Republican Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin tells the Salem Radio Network that the West must not fear provoking Putin. The Wisconsin Republican tells the Salem Radio Network what would be most important for President Biden's current trip to Europe. The best case would be for the president to inject some urgency into fixing the MiG-29 fiasco. Gallagher explains what he hopes President Biden will negotiate for during his trip to Europe. At a minimum, finding a way to take Slovakia up on its offer to provide the S-300 system to the Ukrainians, provided that we can somehow backfill them with patriots from Germany. The Wisconsin representative says he hopes President Biden will negotiate with NATO leaders as well while in Brussels. I know that it's complex. I know that it might require us to gap some air defense systems in other parts of Europe. But I think we can And we must get that done. And with the full support and urgency that the office of the presidency can bring, I believe it's very possible. Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown Jackson has returned to the Senate for a third day of hearings. Committee member Lindsey Graham quizzed the Supreme Court justice designate Ketanji Brown Jackson on illegal immigration. Do you believe illegal immigrants should be allowed to vote, Judge Jackson? Under our laws, you have to be a citizen of the United States in order to vote. So the answer would be no. It's not consistent with our laws, so the answer is no. North Carolina Senator Tom Tillis tells Brown Jackson she has not been as harsh in sentencing criminals as many would like. It seems as though you're a very kind person and that there's at least a level of empathy that enters into your treatment of a defendant that some could view as a uh, uh, maybe beyond what some of us would be comfortable with with respect to administering justice. Judge Jackson says she does believe strongly in the Constitution and that its guaranteed rights are what make Americans free. Although we need accountability, although there is crime, we also have a society that ensures that people who have been accused of criminal behavior are treated fairly. That is what our Constitution requires. That is what makes our system so exceptional. Jackson was asked what kind of justice she would be if confirmed. I think I've been the kind of judge who lives up to the oath in terms of being fair and impartial, um, ruling without fear or favor. Meantime, Arkansas Republican Senator Tom Cotton used his time to pepper President Biden's Supreme Court pick with questions over her reduction of the prison sentence of a convicted drug dealer using guidelines set forth in a criminal justice reform law signed by former President Donald Trump. Cotton talked later with the Salem Radio Network about his line of questioning and the results he heard from the nominee. I thought that my exchange with Judge Jackson, specifically the exchange about the drug kingpin, Keith Young, whom she sentenced and then re-sentenced, was very telling. It goes to show that she's soft on crime. The Arkansas senator explains how the judge sought to help a drug dealer. That means immediate release is 
It was for elderly and terminally ill inmates. Keith Young was neither of those. And I'll give her this. She denied the motion for compassionate early release. He was not eligible for it under the First Step Act. But then she took it a step further. Cotton tells the Salem Radio Network that Judge Jackson cited a criminal reform law signed by President Trump while trying to release a drug dealer. The law that she cited was not retroactive. It was specifically not made retroactive by Congress. Yet she felt it was unfair that he had a 20-year sentence because he was sentenced before the First Step Act and others who committed the same crime got a shorter sentence. Vice President Kamala Harris announced a plan Wednesday intended to end racial and ethnic discrimination in the appraisal of home values, part of a broader federal effort to address a wealth gap that systemic inequality, in Harris's view, has perpetuated. The plan contains 21 steps to improve oversight and accountability, including a legislative proposal to modernize the governance structure of the appraisal industry. Appraisers help to determine the value of a home so that buyers can receive a mortgage. Harris says racial and ethnic discriminations in home appraisals, in her opinion, adds to the wealth gap that exists in the U.S. Systemic bias in home valuations widens the racial gap, widens the racial wealth gap, and deepens the longstanding financial inequities that divide our communities. Harris argues that racial and ethnic discrimination has existed in the appraisal of home values for far too long. Research has repeatedly shown that black homeowners are more likely to have their homes undervalued than other homeowners. And homes in majority black and majority Latino neighborhoods are almost twice as likely to be undervalued than homes in other neighborhoods. Washington State Governor Jay Inslee signed a package of bills Wednesday tightening that state's gun laws, including a measure that bans the manufacture, distribution, and sale of firearm magazines that hold more than 10 rounds of ammunition. Washington joins nine other states, including California and New Jersey, that restrict magazine capacity size. Inslee says he's approving that package of gun restrictions, including banning guns at election sites or openly carried at local government meetings. This is a triumph, I believe, in democracy because the will of the vast majority of Washingtonians are being followed with the passage of these bills. For too long, narrow segments of folks have blocked the majority will when it comes to saving us from this mass violence. Inslee went on to explain why he believes it's important to restrict the sale of gun magazines that hold more than 10 rounds. Limiting these magazine sizes increases the chance for a break for an opportunity to stop this chain of violence. When an active shooter has has to stop and reload, it gives potential victims a crucial chance to escape or even disarm the shooter. We know these types of policies are effective and we know that they save lives. Federal safety inspectors say a baby formula maker, Abbott, failed to maintain sanitary conditions at the Michigan manufacturing plant recently linked to a cluster of infant illnesses. Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters 
has that story. The Food and Drug Administration began investigating the plant after Abbott recalled several leading infant formulas. The products have been tied to four infant hospitalizations, including two deaths due to a rare bacterial infection. FDA inspectors released their initial findings Tuesday evening. Among other problems, they found a history of contamination with the bacteria in various parts of the plant. But the FDA report doesn't identify a root cause for the latest outbreak. Keith Peters reporting. The game show that made famous the phrase, come on down, is coming on down to you. Daybreak Insider's Ron DeRoxtra has that story. The Price is Right is hitting the road with a planned 50-stop coast-to-coast tour for anyone who can't make the trip to the Los Angeles studio. The Come On Down tour, separate from the TV show or live stage shows, kicks off Friday at the Santa Monica Pier and will make stops in such cities as Denver, Dallas, New Orleans, Nashville, and St. Louis. The Sweet 16 is here. The 15-seated Peacocks of St. Peter's, 22 wins on the season, are this year's Cinderella story, and Midnight will have to wait until they knocked off the second seed, Kentucky, and the seven seed, Murray State. Head coach Shaheen Holloway is amazed by the outpouring of support for the team. The support's been great. I have to tell you the truth. Um, I just think the last two years with, with COVID, it's been a lot of dark times. It's been like really, really down. Now, right now, it's just a, a breath of fresh air. Like somebody, a team is really doing something good in your area. A Cinderella type team, a small team, a small school like us. You know, the whole state getting rally around us. And now it's becoming a national thing. And it's just been a beautiful thing. I think it's big for the school, though, more than anything, for the school and for these guys. St. Peter's was winless in its three previous trips to the NCAA tournament, the last in 2011. The team got off to a 2-5 and five start, then went 28 days without a game from December of last year to January 14 of this year because of COVID-19 issues. St. Peter's forward Casey Indefo says that heading to the Sweet 16 for him is a dream come true. Yeah, I don't know if I ever dreamed of this. You know, this is something that kids dream about when, when they're young. So, you know, just the living, living in this opportunity is just amazing. And finally, Madeleine Albright, the first female U.S. Secretary of State who helped steer Western foreign policy in the aftermath of the Cold War, has died. Albright was a central figure in President Bill Clinton's administration for serving as U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. before becoming the nation's top diplomat in his second term. Madeleine Albright has the strength and wisdom to help ensure that America remains the indispensable nation. Born Marie Jana Korbelova, the daughter of a Czechoslovakian diplomat in Prague in 1937, Albright escaped then Czechoslovakia with her family 10 days after the Nazi invasion. Most notable were her efforts to bring about an end to violence in the Balkans. And she was crucial in pushing President Clinton to intervene in Kosovo. Why did you feel so passionately about Kosovo? Because it isn't just Kosovo, Jim. It is what was going on in the region. When we were fighting Hitler, it wasn't just Hitler, it was fighting against fascism. When we were fighting against Stalin, it wasn't just the cruelty of a totalitarian dictator like Stalin, it was against communism that extinguished people's ability to be free. And when we're dealing with a uh, now indicted war criminal such as Milosevic, it isn't just him, 
It is uh, struggling against a concept which is that it is uh, not appropriate, possible, or permissible for one um, man to uncork ethnic nationalism as a weapon. In 2012, Albright received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Barack Obama. This, this is one of my favorite stories. Uh, once at a naturalization ceremony, an Ethiopian man came up to her and said, only in America can a refugee meet the Secretary of State. And she replied, only in America can a refugee become the Secretary of State. <laughs> Madeleine Albright was 84 years old. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.